Well, hello and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. My name is Mike Householder. I am your host and I am honored that you've taken some time to join us today. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, Emily Langpaul, our Executive Minister of Youth and Family. Hello. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Happy anniversary to you, you and your husband this week. Thank you. That's a, that's a great one. I remember yeah. it well. I was, yes. I was presiding and at that, officiating at that wedding. Now eight years ago. Eight years, is it? Yep. Wow. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Look what you guys have already done with eight years. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Three kids, multiple houses. Yeah, that's I right. feel all of it. You just <laughs> and you just moved right in the middle of COVID nineteen. Yes, we sure did. <laughs> As if there wasn't enough change, we pulled off a big one. <laughs> but you're, well, you obviously are surviving. But is yeah. it is it going okay? Yeah, it's good. All right, it's good. Good. Well, blessings to you and Chris and, you. and the three kids. Uh, we are joined today by two very familiar faces to us. Yeah. But for a lot of folks at Hope, well, the regulars at Hope are going to say, oh, we know Chris and Gail. Yeah. But for a lot of folks at Hope, these two are like the power and the strength behind yes. the scenes. They're not seen as much as those of us who are up front and are, yeah. are leading big public ministries. But there's no way we can do hope without these two. So would you please introduce our guests? Yeah. So we have Chris Canary, uh, Chief uh, Minister of Operations here at Hope, and Gail Smith, who is your assistant, yes, as well as our hospitality director. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Really glad you guys are here. Gail uh, has been my assistant, which really is a funny way of saying Gail has kept me in line uh, (laughs) and kept me at the right meeting. And uh-huh. kept me from double and triple scheduling myself uh-huh. and, and uh, protected me uh, from people trying to sell this church everything uh-huh. under the sun and <laughs> responded to those messages for how long now, Gail? 22 years. Oh, my God. Long goodness. time. 22 years. I, I have, yeah. uh, refer to Gail as Radar because in the old sitcom MASH, uh-huh. uh, Radar was the guy who was the assistant. It wasn't Colonel Potter. It was the guy before that he got – he started – I can't remember, but do you remember Chris knew who was the guy before? No, I radar. It was the I'm Cur- too young Colonel Blake. <laughs> was okay. Colonel Blake. Blake. <laughs> so uh, Colonel Blake called him Radar because Radar would finish his sentences. Okay. And Radar knew better than Colonel Blake did what Colonel Blake really wanted to do. Uh-huh. That's Gail. Uh-huh. <laughs> she she knows <laughs> what I mean before I say it, and and gets it taken care of. And what I love particularly about Gail is. When I give her some impossible, because I kind of, yes. I sort of dream big sometimes. Yes. So I say, hey, Gail, I have this idea. And everyone looks at me like, there's no way yes. that can't be done. Gail's like, I- I- okay, I'll get that done. I know that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and typically within hours. It, it is it's impressive. Done. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Because so, it's like yeah. the VBS skit morning. Like, yeah. oh, we need this crazy, <laughs> weird prop. And everybody else is looking around like, what? And then Gail appears with it in minutes. I can't tell you how many VBS mornings <laughs> I have called Gail. Or sometimes oh, yeah. I'm so frantic, my wife Sally calls Gail and says, we need a tent or something, or we, we need a boat. Do you have a canoe yes. uh, that you can bring yes. in or something? And she's like, I don't, but I'll find one. And boom, magically, a canoe just appears, yes. uh, and it's there for the skit. Yes. So. Or like a live sheep. And yeah. there, there's Gail. <laughs> that's happened. A whole flock. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Chris, you're no slouch at that stuff yourself. No. Uh, you, uh, overseeing everything in this church. And if, you've been doing that for how many years now? Uh, it be 15 years in July. Wow. wow. Really? 
We are we are so blessed by your leadership too, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just for the for the uh, original campus here in West Des Moines, but you oversee all the campuses. Yeah. And all the campus pastors say one of the best things about being one church in multiple locations is we don't need to try to replicate all the stuff Chris does. Yeah. Because uh, he's there for us. Yeah. And uh, so thanks, you guys. We have you here today. Uh, Gail, you uh, lead hospitality and you run the church for us internally. Uh, Chris, you uh, are the operations guy for everything uh, throughout Hope. And so we want to talk, and I'm sure people are tuning in when they saw the the title of this podcast. Mm I want to talk about reopening this church. Uh, Although I say that because that's the phrasing that everybody's kind of using is is reopening um, different businesses or schools or whatever it might be. But we've we've never closed. We we just moved the church online, so it's not like we're closed and we have to wait to open. But we're really talking about you know, getting back to in person type ministries and mm-hmm. worship services, and that's important because I don't know about you guys, but I really miss it. Yeah, we're anxious. Uh, man, I miss singing together, and I miss mm-hmm. praying together, and I miss seeing faces and and chatting and doing all those things that we get to do. So we're hungry for it, uh, but you know, and so we don't want to be too late. Mm-hmm. We we don't want to be uh, we don't want to wait longer than we have to wait to do this, but at the same time uh, we have a huge responsibility not to push it too hard either and put people at risk by coming back too soon. So we want to talk about all these things. And so without further ado, let's dive in. Two minute drill. Two minute drill. Okay, the first question is the big one. Uh, when will Hope reopen for in-person worship and other on-site ministries? Chris, you want to lead us off? Yeah, Chris, if you could just let a, let me know when, <laughs> when we're going what, to... What's the date, right? Oh, what's the date? I don't know that anybody can tell you a date, unless you happen to be in one of the eight states where they have said they come back. But ironically, I think those eight states are the same boat we're in. There's one when it's safe to come back, but two, when the government tells you. So for eight states, they found out this weekend they can come back. But as I'm talking to a lot of my executive pastor friends out there, over 60% of those in those states still aren't coming back because that first step, we got to come back when it's safe. As a church, we have to make sure we're doing everything we can to protect the public health of those folks who uh, trust hope and want to come back to hope. So, you know, I think for... West Des Moines, Hope, and for Central Iowa, my guess is going to be, I would hope, over the next three to five weeks, uh, we can hopefully come back in a way that might look a little different, but at least start to come back in some smaller numbers with social distancing. But that's still a ghost, uh, a guest, uh, not a ghost, but a guest. Uh, the framework has been laid out about what has to happen. And for those who have followed the information, uh, Iowa is still going up right now, at least in the you know 22 counties that the governor broke off yesterday. So as we see numbers increase, uh, the criteria says we have to hit that peak and start to come down. So that tells me we're at least two to three weeks away from even talking about what that would look like. So it's going to be a little bit yet. Yeah, it's, it's tougher than it is for me to say because... I would have loved to came back last week if mm-hmm. I if it was safe, and I think we all would have. But yeah, yeah, I think we still have a little time. So instead of you know, as much as we would like to announce a date and say here's our prediction and this is when we're going to open, 
we don't want to make that some sort of moving target because it already is that enough, mm-hmm. uh, j- just outside of our control. We can't control how many cases of COVID-19 mm-hmm. are, are popping up a- around Iowa. We can't control how many people are dying of this. Mm-hmm. We can pray for that. We can help. We can love. We can do the things that the church does. We'll continue to do those things that we've done, but we cannot control the things that we can't control. Uh, And the date when we're going to all be able to get back together in person again for worship and other ministries is one of those things we can't control. But we're on it. We're At the same time, we're not passively sitting back either. We've started to have some really big meetings uh, around here in the last few weeks. Uh, We really never stopped talking about it, but specifically, we, we started to get real intentional about that and say, okay, given that the government is saying there are these different phases and that's going to lead us into our next question, mm-hmm. uh, how are we going to integrate the, the opening of, of Hope's in-person services with what the government is saying are these different phases? So with that, let's dive into our second question. Yeah, the second question is, how do the government's three phases for reopening affect our church's plans? Chris, I'm going to throw this one to you too, and then Gail, you've got the next question. Excellent. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think that's that criteria we talked about. So, Mike, thanks for that, because knowing a date is hard. But what the framework that the government has given us right now is at least a kind of look into what they believe will be the case. Now, I will say, as you watch the 13 states I'm following pretty closely, who I would say are ahead of Iowa, meaning they've hit their peak and they've maintained, um, about half those states are following the criteria, the other half are not. So I think we're going to have to keep an eye on what we see and what our Iowa leaders do. But that criteria, as laid out, says as we start to see two weeks of declining numbers, which I think best case scenario in Iowa would be middle of May, um, that opens up that phase one. In phase one, it still does strict social distancing uh, recommends, but it also has that cap of 10. So that's kind of the model we've been using now. Uh, Hope has been doing weddings the last seven weeks, but including the pastor, there's no more than 10 people and they're socially distanced. Uh, we have done funerals the last seven weeks. So really phase one, which best case scenario could be three weeks away, that's still similar to what we're doing today. Um, it may be modified a little bit because as you go into phase two, which officially would be two more weeks after phase one, if you don't see a spike during phase one, that's when you start to see numbers could be as high as 50 to 100. Or some states have allowed strict social distancing. And when I say that, we went through for preparation for one of the meetings we had here, Mike referenced a little bit ago. We looked at our worship center in West Des Moines. And because that seats about 2,700 people, we could implement a strict social distancing and allow about 600 people in the building when it's safe to do so. And keep at least six feet away, uh, separate entrances, monitor the ins and outs. That's part of what, when you reference, Mike, what we're looking at. We're really looking at all of our buildings and how could we bring them back when that happens and when it's safe to do so. Again, not knowing when that's going to be. So, and Emily, you've been involved in these these conversations and these meetings too. And Gail, you as well. Mm -hmm. What we're going to try to do is uh, figure out... When it's legal, but as you said earlier, Chris, it's not just when it's legal, it's going to be when it's legal and it's wise and it's safe for us. We do not want to put our church family at unnecessary risk. We do not want to become a source for uh, harming people in this community that we love and serve. Uh, We want to be the opposite of that as a church. And so when when it is prudent, when it's wise, when it's safe, and when it's legal for us to do so, 
then as much as we wish we could say, okay, everybody come on back yeah, and we'll fill up our 2,600-seat worship mm-hmm. center here in West Des Moines and all of our other different worship venues at our different campuses uh, that range in size from 400 to 800 plus, uh, and we'll have multiple services every weekend. It'll just be like it was. It's pretty clear that it's not going to be like that right away. Yeah, that we're going to have to we're going to have to move toward that. It's going to be some some stepping stones toward that. And to that end, Gail, uh, logistically, you're going to be involved in this part of it. We are going to most likely, and we'll figure out how to do this. We're hope we roll with it. We adjust as we go. We always have. So we will find a way. Um, and as soon as it's safe, and as soon as it's prudent, as soon as it's wise, as soon as it's legal. But it has to be all of the above, not just one of those things. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's all those things, then we'll start to open up our spaces for worship again, but probably with social distancing. Mm-hmm. Instead, legally, it probably won't be a choice, yeah. but we would want it that way anyway until it is safe for us to be gathering together uh, closer than six feet apart. So, Gail, you're going to be administering and taking reservations, really, is what we're right. going to have to end up doing. And so we're going to ask that people don't come to multiple services a weekend, but pick one uh, to come to. Uh, get reservations either online or telephone, or we'll, we'll figure out how to, we'll make it very clear when we're working on the details of that right now. Mm-hmm. But speak to that a little bit more, Gail. Uh, how would you and your team uh, be able to uh, you know, implement that plan for HOPE? Well, we, um, we will have a software that we'll be able to use, but so you would be able to call in and talk with the admin and they'd be able to help you, but you could also get it online. Then we would make sure that we have people at the doors that would probably check their tickets, which would probably be something on their phone that we can scan um, easily. So then we know that that's, they're here for the right spot. They're going in the right door. They're going into the right spot. They'll have their chair. And then also those seats will make sure that there's uh, definitely distance between them and the next family that are sitting. So it'll all be part of the software that we'll be working through. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that this isn't something we wish we had to do. Yeah. Uh, we we would love to avoid having to do something like that, but we can't risk uh, thousands of people showing up for the same service. I, I can't show up for the service I plan to go to with my three kids and then be told at the door that you've already maxed out your space and that I have to go home. And so I would rather you tell me and work out in advance a time for me to come. And this is our way to try to figure that out. Yep. We're going we're gonna to park it here just for another minute or two because this is important and I don't want to rush through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not doing this to make it more complicated yeah. uh, or to try to be innovative. We're doing this to try to open doors when it's safe and wise and prudent to do so. Uh, and we're trying to do this in such a way that it's going to be safe, not just for the people who come, but for the people who are also here yeah. at that same service, like you just mentioned, Emily. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really, really important. And it's also faithful for us as a church to do it that way. We, we have a responsibility. Um, and it, that responsibility goes beyond just hey, we want to make sure you can worship. We absolutely do, but we have online worship, and that'll continue to be an option. Mm -hmm. For those who don't want to come uh, until there's a vaccine, or for those who don't want to come until they feel safe, until cases are way down. I mean, everybody has their own criteria, right? We respect that too. Mm -hmm. So we'll continue to offer online services like we have over the last seven weeks. 
Uh, and we will continue to do that in conjunction with these other things. In addition to that, I want to say this, that uh, it's not just in our worship center in West Des Moines that we're talking about. We're talking about all of our campuses. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about different rooms in our different campuses that have room for gatherings of maybe 40 or 50, socially distanced, yep. six feet apart. Uh, we would also make sure the parking lot is has signage in it. So people would say, okay, if you're coming for this service at this time in this room, It'll be really clear and obvious. Park right here. Go in this door. Mm-hmm. Everybody go out, you know, at, at a certain time and in at a certain time so that you don't have to bump into other people who are coming to different rooms at different mm-hmm. times. We're going to look at all of that logistically. In addition to that, and this is where it gets kind of fun. And also, we, we allow God to take a burden and turn it into a blessing. We are going to ask for those of you who have access to community rooms or to storefronts, or to um, office spaces that would allow for groups to gather socially distanced in the same way our local sites do uh, all over the Midwest, yeah. that you might want to lead these and host these. And we will work with you on equipment and, and, and getting the, the live services beamed in so that you can at least worship together in socially distanced community. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds strange, but these are strange times. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find creative ways to uh, gather during this in-between time, this abnormal time as we wait for the new normal mm-hmm. coming out of the old normal. Uh, so I want to encourage people who are, who are listening or are part of this church community, or maybe you're part of another church community, and you think, hey, that's something we could do at our church too. Uh, take the online services, meet in community centers, meet in office spaces, meet in storefronts. Maybe if you have a massive living room, meet in your massive living room and you're comfortable with that. We're not forcing this on anybody. Mm-hmm. We're just saying the people who want to do this, we would love to get your help on this because then we can multiply the amount of room we have and the amount of space we have. We're also willing to run as many services as we have to run mm-hmm. through a weekend using the physical venues that we have so that we can safely, safely socially distance and worship together. People say, well, why would I do that? Well, you don't have to. You can yeah. still worship online at home. But there's a lot of us who would love to do that. Yeah. Who would love to just be in the same room with a community of, of our church family, mm-hmm. even if it isn't the whole community right at, right at first, to do that together in smaller groups or in congregationally sized groups of 50 or 100 or whatever the guidelines say that we can do and that are wise and prudent and safe. So if you can help, let us know, mm-hmm. and we will start to sort that out. And uh, when I say we, I mean you guys, Chris and Gail. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll start to sort that out, and we'll, we'll get that to you. We'll make it real simple. We'll make it real easy, as easy as we can. And we're going to do our best um, to, to do this in a faithful way. Yeah. All right. All said. Yeah. So let's go to the... The next question, which is for you, Gail. Yeah. What does a hospitality director do when no one shows up in person for worship? Well, I want to say relax, but that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of meeting in the church, we're trying to meet everybody outside of the church. And so one of the things that we're really working hard on with all the staff is to contact everybody that we have in our data system. And so we're going through and calling people or emailing you um, and just checking in on you because that we care about you and we want to make sure that we that you know that we're here for you if you have something or if you're lonely 
lonely and you just need that call. We've had some wonderful stories that come out of those that people are just really down and out and they get that call and that just changes their their day and the rest of the week. And so that's what's really important to us is to make sure that we contact you. We have over 34,000 um, families that we're going to be contacting. Yep, that's a lot, but we're 44% <laughs> of the way through. And this is all of Lutheran Church of Hope. And so Incredible. we are calling and contacting and emailing as best we possibly can. So yeah. if you are a part of the Hope community, um, look for that call, right? It's, it's, Absolutely. It's I have heard from so many people who are getting these calls, and then they'll let me know, and they'll send me a message and say, I just want you to know, I've only been to your church twice. I, I came with a friend or something and somehow signed you know, on, onto mm-hmm. the registry, so got into your database we're calling them too. Uh, it, it, that's why it's 34,000. Yeah. We do not have 34,000 right. members. No. But right. we want to check in with the community. Mm-hmm. We want to check in with our church family. But we also want to check in with people who are connected to our church family and have stopped by Hope at some point over the years. Uh, because we feel a responsibility to, uh, to do what Jesus would do. I mean, it keeps coming back to that. Yeah. What is our mission? It's to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And I think this is the most important thing we're doing right now. It's the ministry that you're leading right now, Gail, as the hospitality director. And Colette, our, uh, our care minister, is, is right. coordinating that with you. And the fact that you're already almost halfway through 34,000 households mm-hmm. is absolutely phenomenal. And then when we're done, <laughs> I haven't told you this yet, Ooh. we're going to just start over again. Uh, okay. And, and we're, we're going to just keep going. <laughs> as long as this season lasts, we're going to just keep checking in. And... For those of you who are listening, you're like, well, I haven't been called yet. You will be. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and if, you, if you have something you need to talk to us about, don't wait. Right? Yeah. C- call us. We're, <laughs> we're, we're available. Uh, yeah. Give us a call. Our pastors are ready uh, to serve. We're at your service. It may not be immediate or right away. We'll get to you as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. But uh, give us a call. Let us know how we can serve you, and we will do what we can uh, to help uh, in in whatever way God leads us to do in whatever way we can. Yeah, that's good. I've been doing some of those calls. They are fun. They are, aren't they? Yeah. 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 It's good to talk to people. It's, no matter how big we get, uh, no matter how high tech we get, we still want to have high touch. Uh-huh. We still want to be a church that's about relationships. And yeah. That's, that's about making those connections. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that, you know, one person can know 34,000 families. But we want everyone to be connected in groups and, and in, in smaller uh, teams mm-hmm. that do ministry and mission together. Uh, and so we hope people aren't just relying on this call. Sure. But if you are, then we're coming. Uh, and those of you who are already connected in groups, this is just a frosting on the cake kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a check-in to make sure you're doing okay. We also had a staff person who had uh, Chris, my husband and I, on their list, and they still called us. And it is just good to be uh, checked in on. Yeah. Like It was like, well, I know you. I know I li- I'm still listening to the podcast and all of that, but it's a good pause. Also, she uh, had to tell me that my voicemail box was full and that she thinks my husband accidentally hung up on her, which was great and true because he said he was in a meeting and he hit, he got the call on his watch and he thought he hit the wrong button. Yes, he hit the wrong button until he heard hello, hello. <laughs> and so you never know what'll happen. There you go. But it's a good feeling. So not every call you're getting from a number you may not know is yes. is a, a, a telemarketer. Yes. It, it could be your church. Uh-huh. It, exactly. Right. 
Um, next question. How has COVID-19 affected church operations and budgets, Chris? Yeah, not just for us, Chris, but speak more generally, too. I know you're connected to a lot of uh, yeah. executive ministers of churches all over the country. What, what kind of an impact has this made on the way churches function? You know, Mike, um, church-wide, I think this is a tough time. Uh, you know, we get to work with a lot of churches at Hope, and, uh, you know, some are doing amazing, well, they're all doing amazing work, but some have been struggling before this. And, you know, when you take away the ability to meet in person, uh, even Hope had over half of our offering come in the offering plate. So, you know, just like a restaurant that suddenly you close the doors, um, even though you can move online worship, that offering plate's not being passed. Now there's online giving to the tools. So, you know, hope is blessed. Uh, we have a, a demographic and a congregation that's very um, broad. And yeah, even though half of it was in the first few weeks after this started, um, with some sleepless nights as we looked at what it looked like. But, mm-hmm. you know, hope has responded and resilient like they always have. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel good today uh, where hope is at. But I, I pray often as I talk to church leaders from around the country who haven't seen their congregation moved online or didn't even have online set up or, mm-hmm. you know, what does it look like when that next mortgage payment? How do they keep the staff? What do the staff go in there to lay staff off? Uh, Real questions that church leaders are having, just like small business leaders are having all over the country. Uh, these are definitely difficult times. And, you know, as a church, we we work hard to walk alongside those folks and offer assistance for other churches as much as we want to make sure we're doing everything we can to, to take care of hope and, and keep our operations. Because when you go from running six buildings with 100 plus staff and three preschools and a daycare, up until seven weeks ago, a lot of our jobs were focused on bringing folks in and how we serve them with 115-plus programs and classes and ministry opportunities each week. And, you know, now to transition those operations, as Emily asked, to, to what it looks like to be an online church, it's taken a shift. But, mm-hmm. you know, fortunately, Mike, you built a church that is not built on tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're fluid and we're very quick to pivot. And I would say I'm blessed to work with an amazing staff here at Hope that has done an amazing 180-degree pivot. Uh, You know, those who don't have the direct ministry jobs they had before are making hundreds of phone calls a week. Uh, Those that do are seeing their work quadruple. And, you know, Mike, as I'm sure your schedule is, uh, when you go digital, digital is 24-7. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to shut it off. But I would say operationally and budgetally, this has made a major impact on churches all over the country. Mm-hmm. And um, I pray for them often. I, for those of you from Hope on this call, thank you. Uh, but I also know that we're not through this. As this continues on for the next four, six, eight weeks, however long it may go, uh, you know, the economic impact is going to be felt throughout the country. So I can tell I Hope folks on this you know, podcast today that We've made great changes to limit our expenses and to, to contract where we can uh, while still taking care of our staff who are taking care of the community and the, the whole folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our energy bills are down in our buildings, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I sit on some uh, national advisory boards for ministries uh, around the country, and on those Zoom meetings the last couple of weeks, um, just connecting to other pastors of other churches like Hope. Uh, about the same size of us in different com- in different communities, 
it's um, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's hard. It as I say that, uh, I want people to know that the pastors who are talking about these things on these meetings are talking about them with great sensitivity. To we realize that churches are not the only ones yeah. who are taking hits right now. People are losing their businesses. People are losing their jobs. People are suddenly unemployed. People are trying to find their way through some really, really difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, churches are not immune from that, though. Is, is the, the general rule of thumb is most churches are cutting, are seeing a dip in giving that's somewhere around 35 to 50% yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in offerings uh, given in income. And so... There are tears in these pastors' comments. They're they're weeping as they talk about layoffs and having to to completely radically change the way they they function mm-hmm. and and operate. Uh, as Chris, as you mentioned, somehow because of the generosity of of this church, even though we've definitely seen uh, you know a, a, a difference. We're yeah. still at budget. We're still yeah. Some, yeah. keeping our head above water, and that's phenomenal. And uh, that that is outstanding. We're also. I also want to say a word of thanks, not just for the generosity of people who support this church, but I want to say a word of thanks to our staff because you said pivot, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This church staff can pivot like no other. Mm-hmm. This is just a phenomenal group of people who are like, okay, well, we have this mission and I have this job description, but you know what? That I'm going to throw that out right now because that's irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, during this new abnormal season. And I'm going to, I'm going to write a new job description. I'm going to start jumping in somewhere else yeah. where I can serve and, and make a difference. And we see that across the board. Mm-hmm. This is a phenomenal staff and in a, a phenomenal church. And I'm honored to uh, just walk alongside of all of you, mm-hmm. uh, represented by the three of you, but, but there are so many more. Yeah. Uh, it is an amazing, amazing team. So praise God so far, so good for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, in those meetings, I almost, I just sort of don't hardly say anything because they're, they're talking about massive cuts and we haven't had to do that. And I hope we don't. I, I'm not saying we won't because we live in a real world and we don't know how long this is going to last. But so far, so good. And thank you for your generosity and thank you, you know, staff, for the pivots that you're making for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Next question. How can someone help their church accelerate the process of worshiping together in person again? Yeah, and let's broaden that out too, just to what 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 can people who are listening do to help their church or to help the churches they're a part of if they aren't a part of hope and they're they're tuning in? What what would you encourage them to do? And maybe Gail, you could start by speaking just a little bit more specifically to what do we need volunteers to do right now? Sure. I mean, I know that we have um, a couple different ways. We do have some volunteers who have helped us make phone calls too. Um, but we have um, we have volunteers that are doing the. Um, there's a Hope Cares that we just got started, where you can help um, those who are in need that with the grocery shopping and um, going and getting medicine. I know like older parents and things like that that can't get out, and we they need somebody to go and get that. And or it's beautiful out and help with the yards. Um, we have that, um, and that's on our website. We just got that started. Um, there's um, prayer wall that we have that people can just go out and just pray for people. So as you're sitting at home and you're thinking, you know, I just care for everybody. How do I do this? Go out on the prayer wall that we have and you can click, I prayed for you, but people will get an email back that says they were prayed for. And wow, does that touch your heart?
your heart when you when yes. you see that, you know. So so many great ways that you can be out there and you can still be the church and be together. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chris. Other other things to add. What do you see? What if somebody sitting out there is like, man, I wish there was something I could do. Uh, we've got the masks project that we're doing right now, yeah. right? What 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 are some more things like that, or speak to that one? Yeah, no, I think. Uh, you know, everything Gail mentioned is awesome, but the mask is huge. You know, we were going to jump in and do mask about five, six weeks ago, but at the time, the large organizations were not looking for the mask. So I know we had a lot of great hope folks making them and do it for Mask for Iowa and other organizations. But all of a sudden, uh, with our daily calls with Polk County and county leaders and emergency health and state leaders, uh, there was a need. Uh, the prison, uh, the Polk County Jail needs about 1,600 masks. Uh, the refugee services, a lot of organizations. So if you're out there making masks in Central Iowa, thank you. Uh, in any community, my guess is right now, a lot of organizations can definitely use masks, and it's something that's helping folks. That is going to lead us right into our deeper dive, uh, which is where I kind of want to wrap up. So the church has a great commission and a great commandment. We just focused on that in our, our weekend sermons the last two weekends post-Easter. And this isn't just for hope, this is for every church. But God has also blessed our church with a real clear vision, uh, and that is an, an mission to reach out and share God's love. So that's where I want to land this episode and get input from all of, all of you guys on. Because here we are in this COVID-19 season, none of us could see this coming. Mm-hmm. When, when we rang in the new year, I don't think anybody was thinking, oh, Okay, in just a few uh, short months, we're all going to be uh, experiencing COVID-19. The whole world is going to be changed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The economy is going to shift. Uh, Jobs are going to be changed. People are going to get ill. Tens of thousands of Americans are going to die so far. And, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully that starts to to go down quickly. Uh, Wow. Nobody could see this coming, but it has come. And so here we are right in the middle of this forest. And sometimes it's hard to see the trees when you're in the middle of the forest, but here we are in the middle of this forest. So as we think about reopening hope and reopening other churches for in-person worship and ministries, uh, and as other churches are thinking about these things, I think it would be good for us to pause just for a moment and say, well, what have we learned? What, what, what are the, what are the, or what are the blessings that we've discovered uh, along the way? What, because God always wants to use terrible situations and find the good in them. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the good things? We've already talked about some of it all, along the way in this podcast, but let's just go around the horn uh, and hear from everybody as, as we wrap up. What are some of the blessings? Where's the light in this terrible darkness that, that we're in right now? Emily, mm-hmm. let's start with you. Yeah, I think that it has been a values check of... Huh. Uh, what really has remained is relationships and uh, still worshiping God in the midst of these things, uh, focusing on family time. And it's uh, good to see how surprisingly, uh, but quickly, the rest kind of fades away. That yeah. uh, no longer does it matter to keep up with each other in certain ways uh, or to stay so busy. It it remains that we're going to stand together as we can uh, and worship. And I also think it's taught me what I wasn't appreciating enough. Like, Mm. I didn't appreciate the fact that we were in a worship center singing out to God together. And so it is cool that we're doing that in so many places. 
But I'm going to value that in a much bigger way when we can do it again. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's going to be like, you guys? I mean, I mean, I holy, I, I'm holy is right. right. Yeah, yeah, set apart by God, mm-hmm. uh, uncommon, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is literally what that word hagios means in the original Greek of the New Testament. Holy means uncommon, set apart by God. I'm an emotional guy. I'm going to lose it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I already lose it just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. What it's going to be like, uh, and who knows when. Like like we said in this podcast, yeah. we don't have a date. Nobody does because that would move for sure. The the one one of the things I've learned along the way is every time people set dates, they move mm-hmm. uh, and they shift. And we are getting humbled over and over and over yeah. again along the way. But yeah, we're the thing. Hopefully, we won't go back to yeah. taking for granted the things that right now we're saying. Oh, I took to, I took for granted so many things, mm-hmm. including worshiping, including just being able to go out and about the freedom we have. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. to 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 go to uh to to a crowded baseball game mm-hmm. uh or hang out in a crowd at a concert or mm-hmm. uh come to a service of worship or or come to power life, mm-hmm. you know, confirmation for the students yeah. in big crowds. The stuff that we can't do, suddenly you're like, oh, wow, I really, really, really miss that stuff. Yeah. Gail, how about you? What are, what are some of the things you're learning uh, during this season? You know, it's interesting being a uh, just my husband and I here at the house, and so and he has to work, and, and I'm working here. Um, and so I miss like, getting to see the grandkids, but we've learned ways to get to see the grandkids mm-hmm. and to see the children and everything. So for me, the blessing is being able to take that time and, and know that you do have, you, you want to get, stay that connection mm-hmm. um, with the parents and with the grandkids and everything. So for me personally, having that time to do that is huge for me. Mm-hmm. But I also love the fact that I get to connect with a lot of the volunteers. And so a lot of the volunteers that I've been doing, they've been reaching out to me or I'm reaching out to them and just getting to see how they're doing and caring for them in a whole different way that I didn't have time for before because we were so busy with so many different people. And now I can do those one-on-one cares. And I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, one of the things that I miss is you're saying that when you started saying your husband's at work and you're working from home, I so miss being able to call out from my office. Hey, Gail, uh, <laughs> yeah, what, that where's that thing? <laughs> How, what, 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 where am I supposed to be right now? What am I doing? Um, uh, I'm, I cannot wait to say, hey, Gail, again, okay. from, from my office. That's our intercom system is, is me because I don't know how to work it, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, and Gail showed me 52 times. I still don't know how to work it. It's okay. Uh, but, yeah. Chris, what are you learning? Uh, I missed the hey, Gail, as well because I find <laughs> yeah. it means we're all in the office together. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's – it's been humbling to watch our staff pivot and change. Um, it's been a, amazing to watch, you know, any leadership books you want to read, talk about people have a hard time with change. And we know that uh, I have a hard time with change. And I think this is, uh, this has brought about a, a record change to move a, an organization, a church, a staff, and to transition and focus on what's important. And I think it's been amazing to watch how the staff has been able to put, you know, the most important thing up front first. And, you know, God has showed off. Uh, we're in the midst of our largest alpha class ever, over 500 people, uh, probably over 600 people, over 500 devices, maybe seven. Gail's got that number. She's radar. Yeah. She knows. Um, you know, 
a TV station offering to put our Easter service online. And as a result, record numbers of people heard about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's life changing. Those mm-hmm. are things that I don't know if they happen no. if the pandemic doesn't happen. No. And again, I think you put it best, Mike. God can use terrible things and, and find good out of there. Um, I'm excited about how folks are learning that, you know, like Gail said, we were always so busy. Um, this is for some folks, especially those getting to work from home right now, that they have an amazing family or they're learning to meet their family and get to know them again. And, you know, I think that's uh, that's a, it's a wonderful thing because too often we push so fast, so far that I think that's been nice as well. But Boy, looking forward to coming back and worshiping together. By far, one of the biggest things I miss. And, you know, Gail and I, you know, being hospitality folks, we get to be there, hope, almost every weekend, every service. And, you know, so we miss those faces. Uh, you know, the people, we know the ones we that sit here at 9 o'clock and here at 5 o'clock and here at 5, you know, not 11 o'clock. And, you know, we miss them. And we can't wait to be with them again. And, uh, you know, we're waiting patiently. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, but that's that's what I miss. Yeah. The, the the answer to the question when's hope going to reopen is as soon as we can mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that it's safe and prudent and wise and legal. Uh, yeah. Until then, we wait. the The Bible, this the podcast is called Pastor Mike Drop, mm-hmm. and with with kind of a play on words on the Mike Drop moments. Mm-hmm. And usually we go around the horn, but we we just did talking about learnings, and those are really the Mike Drop moments. So I don't want to do that again. So I'll just close with this mic drop moment for me is I miss here. Here's what I'm learning. When I drive into the church parking lot to see it empty mm-hmm. and, and to, to appreciate not just on weekends for worship, but every single time I would drive into the church parking lot <laughs> or even times when Sally and I would drive by on our way to some other meeting or some other thing, you know, uh, we're going out on a date. Mm-hmm. We could drive by the church parking lot and I'd <laughs> This is always the way I'd say, what's going on at church? I don't, I don't even know. There's something going on because there's a bunch of cars that are in the lot. You know, uh, we're going to start getting weeds coming up in the, in, in the pavement uh, because to see that lot empty is just wrong. Yeah. It, it's, just, it's just not right because when I drive in or drive by and see all those cars in this lot, I know that those cars brought people and those people are inside yeah. the building and holy things are happening, mm-hmm. like you talked about mm-hmm. before, Emily. Uh, that, that which is holy, that which is uncommon, that which we need. And Chris, you said it well there uh, just a minute ago. There are things that have happened because of COVID-19 that wouldn't have happened. Absolutely. Uh, more people heard the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Over 100,000 people worshiped just at hope, with hope, uh, that weekend for Easter. Um, and that's putting it conservatively, uh, based on the estimates and the TV ratings. And Channel 13 was saying they really had never seen anything like that on a Sunday morning. Uh, but that's not us, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, wanna emph- I can't emphasize that enough. Jesus gets good ratings because people, that's what this season is teaching me. That's been the mic drop moment of this season. If I could sum it up in, in a sentence or two, it is that we as a world are at least humbled enough in, in, in this time and in this season of uncertainty to realize we're going to need something more. Mm. We're going to need uh, something that only God can give us. We need a savior. Uh, we, we need a, a, a power and a force that can heal, 
that can turn massive things right side up that we don't have the power to do. We need God mm-hmm. is the way I would sum that up. And if, that is, if that's not a mic drop, I don't know what yeah. is. That, that to say there is a God and we need you, God, mm-hmm. and this season is reminding us of that is not such a bad thing. Yeah. May we never go back yeah. to complacency and thinking, well, we'll just fit you in, God, where, where we have time or where we have room. Uh, we need God. We, we need God today. We needed God before mm-hmm. COVID-19, too. Mm-hmm. At least now we see it. Mm-hmm. Let's hold on to that. Uh, let's hold on to the God who loves us, the God who gives us these gifts of faith that he wants us to keep, the gift of hope that he wants us to hold on to, and the gift of love that he wants us to share. Mm-hmm. Chris and Gail, uh, I love you, brother and sister. You too, Emily, sister. Uh, when I when I think about like just the group that I'm talking to right now, you guys too, Chris and Brendan, thanks, studio, the new Pew Studio crew, mm-hmm. uh, for pushing all our buttons back there. I am, uh, I'll say it again, it is, it is a joy to do church together with mm-hmm. you guys. It is a real blessing. It's a joy to be church together with all of you too. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. I'm the typical.